All right, welcome everyone to the Canadian Perspective. This, uh, we have no news. <laughs> we don't have much, okay? We've been away for a week, and that's partially my fault. Not really being into it. Also, just not that many stories. We, <laughs> we have three that we're going to get into. Of course, Derek isn't here, as you know. This is the off episode. So, and, and there's going to be no video because I, I kind of don't feel like it <laughs> right now. Okay, so the, the stories that we do have, that I have managed to scrounge together somehow were the big protest that happened in Kazakhstan that occurred while we were gone uh, that were absolutely massive, right? Um... And then news that just broke today, which was that Microsoft has announced they are going to purchase Activision slash Blizzard for $68 billion, billion dollars, which is an insane amount of money. Uh, good. That would be the biggest uh, acquisition um, in the uh, gaming industry when you look at how much money that they're paying for it. Uh, so that's pretty crazy we'll delve into that and then we'll discuss for a little bit the current situation going on in ukraine with russia and the rest of you know the european union and nato and things are getting a little tense there potential invasion may occur who knows well that's all for the uh intro i guess um yeah, there's no stories coming out of Canada. Sorry. Other than like the, the Canada implemented a vaccine mandate for truckers. It's like, all right, you know, all right, bro. Like, that's not that big of a, that's not that big of an issue. Yeah, of course, if you're, I don't know, for truckers that are coming into Canada, right from the United States, they have to be vaccinated. That's basically the crux of the story. So anyways, I guess we're going to. Continue on to start with the stories. So let's talk about Kazakhstan. So basically, Kazakhstan had, at the beginning of July, they had a sudden spike in the cost of liquefied petroleum, just gasoline. I don't know why they call it, I don't know, they have weird names for shit around the world. Who, who cares? Due to the lifting of certain price controls that the government had placed. Right, preventing the fuel from rising above a certain amount, a certain dollar amount, and they lifted those price controls, and that led to a significant spike in that in the cost. And of course, that is what sparked the a hail mary a hail mary protest. You know, because you may say, oh, why would people go out in the streets and protest like crazy over fuel being too expensive? Well, it's not, it's not just fuel being too expensive. It, that's usually the straw that broke the camel's back, right? When you look at Chile, uh, I think in 2019, when they have large-scale protests there, the ignition point, the point of ignition was um, uh, transfer fares, right? Bus tolls being raised. And that's what, what ignited it. Now, of course, people aren't so pissed off like, oh, fuck, I got to pay $3 for the bus instead of a dollar and a half. This is ridiculous. No, 
it's of course there's a bedrock of other societal issues that are plaguing the population and therefore having that little you know and then all it takes was one issue to to push them over the edge and of course the rising cost of fuel is what did it so it started in a city called Zenausen and then it quickly spread, which is an oil-producing city, and then it quickly spread to the rest of the country. And then, of course, as I was just saying, the focus of the protest quickly, almost immediately shifted to not just the rising price of fuel, but also uh, the vast economic quality in Kazakhstan, and also some disfavor with the previous president of Kazakhstan. I don't know why they're so pissed off at the previous president seems kind of strange wouldn't you be more angry at the current one uh, anyways uh, listen they, they do things different over there all right <laughs> they do things different so of course immediately the government was like nah bitch you, you can't freedom of speech no not gonna happen so we're just gonna deploy the tanks and they proceeded to crack down extremely violently on all the protesters. And in total, after all the things were said and done, I do believe by January 13th, 225 people were killed and over 9,900 were arrested in total, which is pretty, which is very staggering for just over a week of protesting to have that many casualties. Now, this was all organized completely by citizens with no other administrative support, it seems. Well, because there are no opposition groups to the current administration and government, so there, there was no way for them to receive any sort of like uh, a structured support. Uh, it was just all grassroots, from the ground up um, organization. And so the fact that they were able to stall basically all of uh, Kazakhstan's economy and I believe uh, shortly after, you know, things started to get very out of hand. President Kasim Jomart Tokayev declared a state of emergency in all areas of the country. Uh, flights going into Kazakhstan were canceled um, during the course of this whole predicament. And the result of... Actually, there's some videos. I, I, this is brought to light to me by um, Redfish, the Instagram account. And there's a video of because uh, state of emergency was called and then soldiers were deployed directly on the, the protesters. And there was a video of a whole bunch of uh, soldiers from the military surrendering to the protesters and giving up their weapons and stuff, which was uh, very interesting. Um, so uh, I thought that was very promising. Uh, however, it appears that, uh, you know, other than preventing, other than temporarily delaying that uh, spike in liquid petroleum, uh, the achievements of the protests did not go much further than that. So, as I just said, as a concession, right, the president said that the vehicle gas prices cap of 15 tenj per liter, 50 tenj per liter, which is, I assume, their currency. How much is a tenj to a Canadian dollar? Let's find out. One tenj is worth 0.0029 Canadian. So $1 Canadian is worth 348 Kazakhstani tenj. <laughs> oh my 
fuck. That's uh, interesting. So the price caps of 50 tenge per liter have been restored for six months. 50 tenge per liter? That's 14 cents Canadian per liter of liquid petroleum. And they're freaking out over that, dude. We would have fucking burned the whole country down if that was the case with how much gas is right now. For me, it's 1.39 a liter. What the fuck? Now, that, that you know, Kazakhstan's oil production is, is through the roof. And of course, they have much greater access to oil imports and shit. But that's kind of just an excuse, though. I mean, really, that's fucking crazy. Um, so anyways, so yes, he did concede that they would have this price cap in place again for another six months. But, you know, after those six months are up, who knows what could happen? But then on January 7th, and this really shows you the current political attitude of the administration in Kazakhstan. And the president said in a statement, quote, constitutional order has been largely restored in all regions of the country, end quote. He also announced that he had ordered troops to use deadly force against protesters, authorizing instructions to shoot to kill without warning at anyone demonstrating, calling protesters, quote, bandits and terrorists, and saying that the use of force would continue to, quote, destroy the protests. So that's their <laughs> preventative measures for when the population is angry. Quote, shoot to kill and destroy them. So that explains the uh, 225 people death count. Um, uh, yeah, that's uh, quite frightening. So, uh, and on January 13th, uh, most of the troops, uh, the troops began to withdraw from, you know, deployment, active deployment within Kazakhstan, and the protests had largely ceased. And so, yeah, that was that was um, a week in turmoil for Kazakhstan. Pretty crazy. That's a nation that's had uh, the same president since, what, 1955, right? Is that what happened? Let's look that up. Oh, yeah, it says 1991. He had been <laughs> this last guy. Uh, Nursultan Nazarbayev was president from 1991 to 2019. And the whole time, the United Nations said that, yeah, those elections are bullshit, dude. Those are totally not accurate. Dude was winning 98% of the vote in the middle of an economic crisis. <laughs> okay. Now, moving over to a close neighbor, not next door, but close. Yes, close neighbor... Kazakhstan. They do not share a border, but they are separated by the uh, archipelago in between the Black Sea and the Caspian Sea, Russia. Uh, Ukraine, right? And Ukraine has been a hotbed for... Uh, it's basically a proxy war right now between the West and Russia with uh, rebels who are pro-Russian rebels are fighting the government forces within the country. Um, and basically, what's going on is, right now, NATO is attempting to bring Ukraine into NATO, and that's a big threat to Russia to have right on their doorstep uh, a nation brought into NATO, because right now, NATO previously was basically put together for the purpose of 
of uh, being a threat to the Soviet Union, right? And then after the dissolution of the Soviet Union, it still has remained in place to be a threat to Russia. And so bringing Ukraine into that alliance allows for easier troop deployment into Ukraine, easier um, access of those NATO nations, primarily the United States, to run certain um, uh, drills, military drills and shit like that. Uh, and, and place more weapons there and shit. So uh, Russia doesn't want that, right? And because of that, in order to prevent that, Russia has amassed 100,000 troops at the border between, <laughs> at the border between them and Ukraine. Uh, but at the meantime, they still say, nope, we don't want to invade. Our plan is not to invade, even though all our troops are there. We're not going to do that. Not at all. And so, of course, there's been emergency, emergency discussions between uh, Russia and the United Nations, and sorry, the United States at Geneva. And it appears that they've largely hit a dead end. Yes, the, the talks have reached a dead end, and they see no, and the Russian deputy foreign minister said he sees no reason to sit down again in the coming days to restart the same discussions. Oh, God. The Russian, who the fuck is this? Mission to the OSC... CE said on Twitter, quoting their ambassador Alexander Lukashevich, quote, if we don't hear constructive response to our proposals within a reasonable time frame and aggressive behavior towards Russia continues, we'll have to take necessary measures to ensure strategic balance and eliminate unacceptable threats to our national security. Oh, God. Poland's foreign minister from Vienna said they were closer to war than any time in the past 30 years. Uh, yeah, they also want uh, Russia is also demanding that uh, military activity in Eastern Europe is halted, right? Movement of troops into those nations and whatnot. Um, but and both sides of the table are at a standstill completely. And so the response from the United States, the U.S. Senate has been to unveil a bill that would sanction the shit out of top Russian government and military officials, including Vladimir Putin, and key banking institutions, if Russia attacks Ukraine. It's like, wow, that's really gonna prevent them from doing any actions, sanctions, that you repeatedly slap on them. And they can just sanction you right back because they have so many massive mineral um, uh, mineral exports and fossil fuel exports that you can't do shit to them. Russia has specified unspecified, quote, military slash technical measures if its demands are rejected. Oh, God. And it looks like, yeah, if Russia is to invade Ukraine, basically what's going to happen is just a whole shitload of sanctions that's going to be placed on Russia. And that's basically going to be it. They can just walk right into Ukraine. Which, I mean, like, what are you going to do? Have a fucking war over Ukraine? Like, come on now. You're going to send United States uh, boys and girls to go die for, for Ukraine? It's like, no. They have their own nation, right? They're supposed to defend it, and if they can't, then fucked. You know, the idea of starting, like, a World War III over that land, you know, is, is probably not a good idea. But, however, this also brings up, you know, it brings to the mind, <laughs> historically, when Nazi Germany annexed Austria... And everybody was like, well, shit, we're not going to go to war over Austria. But of course, that was just the tip of the iceberg. Now, I'm not saying that Russia, the current bullshit capitalist 
and super corrupt administration in Russia right now is as nearly as imperialistic as the fascists were. Not nearly as, as imperialistic as they were. Um, however, you know, there is still an ominous warning there in history. But anyways, that's really it for the Ukraine. And then we'll go on to news that I literally found out earlier today and my jaw dropped. I was like, holy shit, they really did that, didn't they? So Microsoft comes out of nowhere uh, and the gaming industry comes out of nowhere and buys and announces their acquisition of Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion dollars. An insane amount of money, which would make it the largest. Uh, oh shit! And this would be the largest acquisition in all of Microsoft's history. Uh, Sixty-eight point seven billion dollars. Also, the largest acquisition in the gaming industry, uh, in the gaming industry's history, uh, and one of the largest cash purchases because it is a cash offer, and they are offering i think a 40 percent something ridiculous like a 40 percent um premium per stock if you account for how much money the deal is which is bonkers um i don't know how they managed to pull that one off now recently <laughs> like this is absolutely crazy blizzard and activision were one of the biggest companies in when it comes to video games right they activision I mean, it was sort of uh, uh, Activision before it merged together with Blizzard. Uh, Activision uh, is a massive publisher. They published uh, a huge library of games. And one of their most prominent series is, of course, Call of Duty. One of the most popular games right now, game series ever. Um... So right now, Microsoft has that under its belt now. Blizzard, well known for its RPGs and its MMO RPGs, right? Uh, massive multiplayer online RPGs as well as its uh, tactical RPGs, role-playing games. Uh, they have World of Warcraft, right? They got, um, was it StarCraft? They got Diablo. Crazy shit. So yeah, Blizzard also has overwatch like these are insanely massive massive um uh, game franchises and look at activision activision was the largest uh top publisher of video games uh multiple years um when it comes to all of them now something interesting that i will point out is activision blizzard had been in the news a lot recently uh, for the massive amount of the multiple lawsuits related to accusations of gender discrimination in the workplace, sexual harassment, and other such things. Uh, and in fact, we covered it on one of our podcasts a little bit ago. One of the, you know, some of the, the, uh, some of the uh, lawsuits, right? The state of California suing them. Um, so <laughs> it's interesting that these things happen. <laughs> You know, these were in the news and now they're being bought by Microsoft. Um, I'm sure this deal was in the making for many, many months, but six months, maybe. Um, so, you know, 
having the foresight <laughs> that those things would come to light around the same time that the announce of the their acquisition is uh, is uh, hilarious. Um, but yeah, this is crazy because a lot of people are talking about Microsoft might be out. They might be done with the video game thing, right? Their console isn't selling very good. They got the Game Pass, which is good. But like, if you look at exclusives, what they got fucking Halo. It's like, okay. And they don't have, what, Gears of War. They got Halo, they got Gears of War. And then what other exclusives, big exclusive series do they have that they bank on? What, Sea of Thieves? It's like, okay. Like, what, you got one game there. It's like, not much legacy there. Um, so, you know, basically they turned around and said, fuck you, we're just gonna buy all the, uh, buy exclusivity. So they purchased Bethesda for an insanely large, um, price. Bought Zenimax Media, which, you know, parent company of Bethesda. They bought them for $7.5 billion in 2020, compared to the purchase of Activision Blizzard for $68 billion. Holy shit. Oh my god, this is fucking insane. I, this wasn't even on the radar for shit that they could purchase. If they can buy Activision Blizzard, there is no ceiling for third-party developers that Microsoft couldn't buy right now, right? Nobody else is safe, really. Unless if they just say no, right? And the current CEO of Activision Blizzard, uh, Bobby Kotick, uh, you know, in November, was a thousand Activision employees signed a letter saying he needs to resign. His ass needs to get out of there. So he would s still remain the CEO uh, until the completion of the acquisition which would be expected by 2023 unless if the state steps in uh, with antitrust and says no you can't do that so it'll be interesting to see um how that goes anyways <clears throat> that's really all the stories that i had for you guys today so this was an exceptionally short one right so i'm sorry about that but you know kind of out of it uh not that many news stories nothing really related to canada but uh but you know this is kind of what, you, what you're going to be getting um so if you guys enjoyed i'm gonna like and and follow and and do all that shit and download the podcast help us out and uh and yeah so that's getting perspective signing off goodbye